0: This is a Stand-Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Very
1: serious.
2: the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you from stand-up New York Labs in New York City
0: hi everybody my name is Chris Flannery I'm joined as always by my great and good friend Joseph Noe hi Joey hi everybody I'm just gonna let everybody know from the top I'm gonna do my best today not to get yelled at
2: <laughs> yeah we are tone in the room today I'm not gonna lie about that I'm a little tired I'm a little cranky we're gonna you know we're gonna break down obviously. What happened? Yeah, what's happened over the last, you know, several days. Uh, Matt's also here. Good to have you here, Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt's going to try not to get yelled at, too. We're going <laughs> to see what happens.
1: I think it's higher chance I get yelled at.
2: We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, welcome to the program, everybody. We don't... Normally, I come in with, like, you know, a multi, multi-page layout of what we're going to talk about and different, different topics. Obviously, there's one major topic that we're going to discuss f- over the course of this episode. I do have you know facts and figures and obviously we're just going to have kind of a general conversation about this because listen i got more tweets and snaps and whatever else from people this week than i've ever gotten on the podcast on election night people panicking people asking you know saying they're excited about the episode today which we do appreciate and i'm, I'm glad that this is a place you guys want to come to to kind of hear the conversation that we're going to have. So I, I appreciate that. And we're going to try to do our best to break down what exactly happened and, and you know what to do going forward, because like it or not, th- this is the reality. Like this, this happened. So this is something we, we have to talk about. And obviously we're talking about, um, you know, Donald Trump becoming the president yes.
0: of the United States. All right. So the very first thing I want to ask you.
2: Yeah. Well, wait, but can I, I'm sorry. No, 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 uh, Cause I do, before we do get into it, there is one, um, thing I wanted to bring up it's a quick hit and obviously there's going to be other stuff we're going to talk about you know going forward next week and whatever but uh, Chelsea Manning it was reported tried to commit suicide again uh, which is you know it's just the cherry on top of like a a very weird news like somber week Um, so I don't know I don't have any more information about that but that's not something that you know you want to hear and I I feel horrible for that person and you know I, I think that's a person that's sort of lost you know what i mean
0: well what it speaks to also is you have again as we said many times an individual calling out for help and is not receiving that help
2: right one is getting punished in that you know being punished for obviously a cry for help so yeah not a good not a good situation but i want to at least put that out there before we get into any of the other stuff i also we did get a bunch of emails as well some of them were about the election i apologize it was uh um you know, it was my intention, obviously, to answer those emails. I did expect that Hillary was going to win, so I didn't really take it as serious. You know, it was like, hey, should I make this protest vote or, or whatever? It was actually from Paul. So, Paul, shout out to you for, for sending that email. I apologize for not getting it to until after the election. I, I don't check the mandatory Samson email typically until the night before we do the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to it. Uh, I also want to shout out to Carl and Nick. Thank you for your emails. I, I responded to them. I believe it's Carl his email we'll, we'll read next week. And then I also want to just actually read Joshua's email. Cause it was just something we talked about last week. It just puts a little button on things. He said, I recently trained to be a precinct official in Iowa for election day. And at least in Iowa, you can take selfies in the polling booths. Cause remember I yelled at you, Joey mm-hmm. about it or whatever, just heard it in the podcast and thought I'd let you know. This was because the original purpose of the picture at the poll law in Iowa was to stop people from taking picture of uh, other people and cause some sort of voter intimidation. Um, if a view happened to show behind the privacy shields on the desk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, there you go. Thank you for the information. We do appreciate that. And thank you guys for sending emails. Obviously, I think we're going to get a few probably uh, in the next week or so. And, you know,
0: it'll be business as usual. But I think there's a you know, we got we to gotta have this conversation. Today. Yes. So what I wanted to ask you yeah. is on every episode that we've done for a long time, uh-huh. you have always referenced 538. Yeah. Okay. Last time we spoke, Donald Trump had a 14% chance, a 34% chance of yeah, winning, right? Yeah, something
2: like that, yeah. I yeah. have it written down, actually.
0: Okay. Can you explain to me what happened?
2: Um. Well, I mean, we're going to get into it. Okay, yeah, we might as well get into it then. That's fine. So on 538, the last counts that he had, like mm-hmm. on election day was that Hillary Clinton was going to get 302 electoral votes and 48.5% of the popular vote, whereas Trump was going to get 235 electoral votes, 44.9% of the popular vote. Actually, it turned out Trump got 279 electoral votes, 47% of the popular vote, and Hillary got 228 electoral votes, 48% of the popular vote. Now, he was right about Hillary's popular vote total. The problem was that people were wrong about how many people were going to come out and vote for Trump okay so but also let's keep this in mind and uh, okay we are getting into the stats quicker than I wanted to that's mm-hmm. fine I do have some like actual thoughts about what happened like what we can do like how you you feel what you feel react how you're gonna react but I, I think there's a way to react to this that is a the right way to react essentially and we'll get into that in a minute um, 538 was the most um, Realistic, he gave Trump a third, a thirty percent chance of winning the the election. Yes, yeah. people discounted that. People got mad at him for being like, "You're get, you're saying Trump is going to win when it's really like ninety eight percent chance Hillary's going to win." No, it mm-hmm. turns out it, that's not the case. And actually, you know, maybe Trump's numbers could have been higher, but thirty percent is a pretty big percentage. I said it. it was six, I take sixty five percent. Yeah, but it worried me. Ohio, Florida, a lot of that stuff, and I he these are the states he missed in his call, and he only gave Hillary a 55% chance of winning Florida. She lost Florida.
3: Hmm. He
2: gave her a 55% chance of winning North Carolina. She lost North Carolina, Pennsylvania. He gave her a 77% chance. She lost Pennsylvania. That's a big one. That's a miss new Hampshire. The vote was still being counted when I did the research on this, yes. but okay. He gave her like almost a 70% chance of winning New Hampshire. We don't know what's going to happen there, but he, he might've won that. I don't know. Wisconsin. He gave her an 83 and percent chance of winning. She lost Wisconsin. And part of the reason is, He can only go by what people are saying, people who are polled, what they're saying. You don't know about people that have never voted what they're going to do. And you also have to go by historical. Obama won Wisconsin. Yes. So, okay, she lost it. Michigan, he gave her a 78.9% chance of winning. That was still being counted, but it seemed like Trump was ahead in Michigan. And that probably would have been the deciding factor if not for Wisconsin. Uh, He was wrong about that. But again, who came out and voted? I have that. I have that information. All right. Who so came who out came and voted. out and voted. Well, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. I don't, okay. don't want to get into the weeds that quickly. Um, and there was a 10.5% chance of Clinton winning the popular vote but losing the electoral college. Guess what? That's what happened. That's what happened. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we can say he was wrong, but all of those are percentage chances. Yes and they're based on all the polling data that's out there and polls have a margin of error and he tries to correct for that. So I don't think it's like you can look at Nate Silver and go, Oh, he, he fucking blew it. I would have rathered. No, like I believe me, I went into the day thinking there's a chance he wins, but it looks like according to this information that she's going to win. And I wasn't concerned about it. I really wasn't. All right. So everything that was out there, let me, but let me finish. So okay. I wasn't concerned about it. But also, this is not him saying she's definitely going to win. Yeah, <laughs> it's him saying percentage-wise, if you wanted to like play Russian roulette with this thing, the odds are if you pull the trigger eight, you know, whatever many times, it's not going to kill you. But, but there is a percentage chance it will, and that that is what happened. You know, it just went the other way. And there was a lot more people that voted, and more people voted for him than, uh, than was forecast in that model. That being said, yeah. Gonna start looking at other metrics to follow because I can't just look at this and go. Well, that's what the situation's gonna be. You, yes, this is a time for re- you have to reflect. Well, Absolutely. Then,
1: and I mean, really, really, the problem though is it's not like it's Nate Silver's method is wrong. It's he was aggregating other polls. Yes. And it's every model was wrong. There's no right. There was there no, was a
2: few a few of like the investor ones had Trump winning, there, but there, huh. was,
1: there was really no reliable model saying this is how it's gonna turn no, out. This every is a, this every is prediction had Hillary winning. This is ju- this blindsided pretty much everyone.
2: Yes. And you know, let's say this, um, because I think th- like I saw Chris Matthews say the other di- night during the coverage late, I mean, it was like three in the morning and he was saying, y- you know, by all metrics, the polls, she was winning by the debates. She won. she, majority won the debates all three debates by the biggest margins we've ever seen. She had a flawless convention. These are all things that you look at and go, "Well, okay, so she's doing all the things that you have to do to win the presidency and she still didn't win." Mm. Um and what Chris Matthews' point was like the campaign itself is sort of that gauntlet of if you can figure out how to put together a team and a strategy to win the election, then theoretically you are qualified to be the president because it's, it's basically impossible to become the president and to be able to put together a team and raise the money and do all the appearances and, and do that thing. um, You know, then that's, that's sort of a test in and of itself. And guess what? He passed. Trump passed that test. Now, believe me, we're going to get into it way more (laughs) than that, but, but that's, that's still something to look at. And it also, I think speaks to, you know, that very fact that, that Hillary, and maybe I'm rambling. I don't know, but this is how this conversation is going to be today. We're going to bounce from point to point. The, the fact that, you know, she did, she hit all the points she had to hit. Essentially, she did what she had to do. Um, and on paper, it looked like she was going to win. The problem is the people that voted for Trump. The reason that he got elected in large part is because there's a distrust in media, in the institutions of the country in government in general, in the process they wanted an outsider they and and i think people accurately diagnosed that the that's government issue. that the government doesn't work for them that you know the people in power are not working for them they're right the problem is they think that they think that it's just because the wrong people are there and that trump is this guy that's going to come in and, and be a gangbuster and kind of fix all this stuff that's not the issue bernie accurately describe the problem the problem is outside influence there's too much money our elections are essentially just entertainment uh, and an excuse for the corporate media to make more money um citizens United all this stuff that's the actual problem um but I can but okay so the the majority these people not the majority people but these people that voted for Trump uh they're right about what is wrong they just don't know what the solution I think they're wrong about what they think the solution is.
0: Trump being president. So why do you believe Trump could not be the solution? Maybe he is the solution. He has well, the ability. Well, if we think that the, the problem, which the problem is
2: having too much money in politics, mm-hmm. having a corporate financed election system, our corporate media, all that stuff, Trump is not going to overturn that. So that's why I don't think he'll be the solution to the the actual problem. He might be able to solve certain problems. He might, you know, he might. There's no way to know at this point. And that's really what I think is scary to people and is you should be fearful about is the uncertainty and Trump not knowing what he doesn't know about that job. You know, Um, he might be able to he might he might be able to fix some things. We'll see. He I think he's going to certainly break some things, Um, but he's not going to get money out of politics. That's not that's a fiction. And that's not going to solve the problem. If you don't do that, you know, we're never going to get anywhere then.
0: See, the way I look at it, you had A whole class of people that feel disenfranchised that they've been left behind. And they have been. Yes. So (laughs) this group has been left behind. They chose him to fix that. If Trump fixes that, wouldn't that be the majority of people's grievances solved? Yeah, but fix what? Be be more specific. People feel disenfranchised. How is Trump going to make
2: them not feel disenfranchised? Well, he can create job growth. Create jobs for them. He they can see the changes that they voted for actually happen. The vo- the things that they voted for are not actually going to happen because the people in office still do not represent them. Trump appears to represent them. He knew how to tap into that shit. But he is not going to be the guy that comes in and changes the rules and gets corporate money. Do you really think um, a, a billionaire who only associates really with, uh, that class and the people that, and I have his cabinet picks. I have who he's going to try to put into office. They are not going to be, they are Goldman Sachs people. They are billionaire people. They are not people that are going to actually try to fix the system that benefits them. They're not going to do that.
0: Um, so, so no, this I don't think that, this is that you happen. have yeah. was released by him or released by the campaign.
2: Well, it's a one and the same. I mean, it's, it's you know, rumored picks. It's people that he's mentioned. It's
0: people that his campaign has put out there. It's people that have been around him. You know, it's the, the picks. Because I have a feeling that he has a game plan.
1: I think you're giving him too much credit there, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I mean, a game plan about what? What do you mean? I mean, hopefully he does, yeah. What I mean... He is- hasn't
2: laid one out. Well, Really. Yes. Okay. So you said that the test
0: was for him to be able to run a campaign and get himself. No, elected. I
2: said Chris Matthews said that. And it's oh, okay. a thing that Chris Matthews said. It's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it, it, to an extent, yes, that's the truth. But it doesn't mean that you like, you become president and you're like uh, immediately qualified. No, but it's a hurdle. And he's, he was able to do it. He figured it out in a way that nobody else is able to figure it out.
0: All right. So... You said that you that a lot. Okay, so it seems that a lot of people have been emotional about what happened. Yeah. So and
2: I have. I let's not. Yes. You know, let's not pretend. I mean, I've had a lot of conversations about it. I mean, I'm not. uh It was very. It was, I st- you know, I stayed up and watched the whole thing. I watched his speech on election night. I watched you know shit start to fall apart. Matt was texting me at like eight thirty, and I was like, "This isn't going." You know, if if she's going to win, this is not the. This is not. This is not what that looks like. So I was you know concerned about it and. I think rightfully so. So what are you afraid of? Well, let me, let me say this. Yes. All right. That's a good question, but let's, let's say this. So these are a couple just thoughts that I wrote down like over the last couple of days, because like you said, people have been emotional about it. Yes. People are reacting. People are out there protesting, which I, you have a right to go do it. That's fine. I think that's the wrong reaction. I think that was exactly what was talked about for the last two weeks of the campaign where it's like, well, tr- Trump said he's not going to accept the results of the 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 election well what are you doing by being out there and protesting it like you're doing exactly what you were afraid that you know trump supporters would do or whatever i I think it's a we either have a system or we don't peaceful transition to power is the heart of that system to an extent and being out there being like not my president uh, okay but you're undermining the idea of what This is, you know what I mean? You have to accept it. Look at the way Hillary. And I have, I have the speeches. It's like, maybe we can watch them. Maybe we can play a clip of it. I have Hillary's concession speech. She did what she had to do. I have a clip that we're definitely going to play of Obama with Trump today. Obama's doing what he has to do. They're adults. They are the actual leaders of the country. This is reality. And they're doing the job that is required of them. Trump so far has done the job that's required of him. Okay. Yes. Uh, I get why you're upset. I'm upset about it as well. But to be out there protesting in those numbers, not my president, he's Hitler. Well, he hasn't actually done anything yet. He said a lot of things. And we're going to talk about the difference between a campaign and a person that is actually in governance. Uh, There's a difference. Like people say things during a campaign. And yes, we we should take Trump at his word (laughs) when he says he's going to build a wall and deport people and do this and that. Yeah, that's what we have to go by, but I think you also have to acknowledge that a lot of that is impossible. Which we've we've also talked about on the show. So, I understand definitely the trepidation on the part of people uh, certainly of color, people who are Muslim. I get it. I believe me, I get that. But is your what are you what do you protest? Are you protesting the fact that the system worked? The system worked. I have, a couple other, I have a couple other thoughts about it. And again, I might say things that are contradictory to what I'm going to say later in the episode. I'm really still working it out myself because I think we are truly an uncharted territory. I think people that got Trump elected don't know the ram... Like, you know, I think they voted... Like you said, Joe, I think it speaks to people who are disenfranchised. I think they voted for somebody that they view as somebody that's going to come in and, and clean house and, and change things. I don't think they've fully realize the consequences of what he could do not just in this country but around the world and when a crisis comes up this is truly the least qualified person or least experienced person certainly that we've ever elected to be the president of this republic so that's that's a real that is real and and that's not uh that's not just something i'm saying to be dramatic
0: that's that really is the reality see because the the term that i been seeing and I feel was a huge motivation effect was drain draining the swamp.
2: Yeah. And that, but that, but that's what I'm saying. But that's, that's stupid obviously, but that's the, they're right. <laughs> the, the solution isn't eliminate all government positions. It isn't, um, you know, put in this least qualified person, but the problem, yes, they understand what the problem is. They just think that it's removing it, again. They think it's just removing certain, elected officials and that'll fix it it's just like these people for whatever reason won't listen to us no they all won't listen to you because they're all not working for you they're working for a you know a moneyed class that you are not a part of and they are not going to trump being in there and whoever else being in there i don't think is going to fix that problem again there's no he's given us no reason to think that he's going to fix that problem now i want to say this Mm -hmm. these are just some points again don't be hyperbolic don't be ironic Don't be dismissive. Be a critical thinker. Be a witness. Be present. Pay attention to what is going on. No more stuff. This is your job now. There's a generation of kids that I think listen to this generate I'm just very grandiose. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> that important, Chris.
1: You're that important. Yeah, to all but us. there's a
2: yeah, No, but I've gotten tweets and and you know Chris, Snapchats. Chris Twenty Twenty. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not prepared. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like there's people that are yo- younger people that are like, <laughs> "This is my first election. What the fuck? What is happening?" You know, this will shape you. This is some, like Bush was my first election. That shaped my political view. It is your job as the next generation and what's going to happen in the next election and all that stuff. And for people that didn't agree with you, it's your job to be present right now and really focus on this stuff and take the time to actually know information because there's a lot of feelings flying around, obviously, totally. But I think that's a factor in why Hillary didn't win. Emotion. Yeah, be po- be passionate about pe- about her be be excited about the process but also be like we talked about throughout the entire primary process why we watch it listen to what she's actually running on think about the her actual policy positions there there are people that um, you know just hate her for no reason yes. whatever but we didn't support her necessarily i mean i know you guys voted for her but it's like um there's legitimate concerns about her and to ignore that is to just ignore Um, reality and so I think the, the important thing going forward is do not be hyperbolic don't be Trump's Hitler he's not Hitler He's not Hitler. Okay, Bush wasn't either. Bush was one of the worst presidents we've ever had, no question about it, and there's facts to back that up. But to just be like he's a he's the devil, like that's you're being silly, and this isn't a time for that. It's not a time to be hyperbolic. It's more important now than ever to actually know the information, like real information, check your your sources, understand what's actually going on, and don't be hyperbolic or dismissive. Explain why what Trump did actually did, not what he said he's going to do, the words he uses. When he does something, when he passes an actual policy, be able to explain why that's not the right policy or why it is because a blind squirrel can find a nut once in a while and don't just broad brush paint that. I I really feel that way. Biting mockery was something that Hillary said was going to be part of her campaign where it's Mm -hmm. like, whatever, like nasty girls, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. You're being, uh, you're mocking him. Guess what? there's an equal, almost equal number of people. Hillary did get more of the popular, book, but there's almost an equal number of people on the other side that don't, they're not in on that joke. And you're, you, you know you understand what I'm saying? So it's not really worthwhile. I don't think to be, and I said it when that was part of her thing, like, Oh yeah, that's what Hillary's best known for her fucking biting mockery. Yep. Like
0: it's a terrible strategy. The whole nasty woman thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're trying to turn things around, but you're talking to the base. You're preaching to the choir with that stuff. Um, Nobody. And remember this. Mm -hmm. This is is another important thing. Nobody gets what they want here. Trump, uh, most of his policy positions are impossible. The wall is not a possibility. Deporting 12 million people is not a possibility. Some of this other shit that I have that he could do in his first hundred days, not really a possibility. So the people that voted for him, like you said, like, you know, they're going to feel good that he's in office and, and, you know, maybe he can get things done for them. No. He's not going to get things done for them. It was based, a lot of people voted for him based on a feeling of like, they're not, we're not being represented. I feel bad. I feel disenfranchised. You're right about that, but this isn't the solution. So those are just a couple of the thoughts. I mean, you know, we're going to, this is just the beginning where he's not even the president yet. This is stuff that we're going to have to talk about. I also have this question for you and let's talk about this for a second. Mm -hmm. Cause we do have an ad actually on this episode. So we're going to get to it in a minute. Uh, Do we need States anymore? If we're at a point where the people that vote, which is, whatever, 160 million people maybe voted, I, I don't know what the official total was. I think was. it was
1: closer. To like, it, was, it both got like 49 million, so it was probably just yeah. over 100 million. Well, no, I think they so got I closer thought, to 60 million. So we'll say I 120, right. so let's yeah, say yeah,
2: 120 yeah. million. So um, let's say 120-something million. It's pretty evenly split. W- everything is kind of broken down into these national conversations now, um, the mood of the country, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Why do we need states? Like I'm, people are talking about getting rid of the electoral college. I fuck it. Let's get rid of the States. Let's just be America. Forget it. Like what? I don't really see the point at this point. If you know, nine States now or whatever have legalized marijuana, I want legal marijuana. So I don't want to have to move to fucking Maine to get that. I
1: mean, th- th- This is a much larger issue of States rights where a lot of people want government to be more local than national. And we can
2: still have local government. Nobody's saying, I
1: mean, that. that's sort of saying abolish the governorships and, Yeah, well, state like the the states are defined by other state governments. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially getting getting rid of local government, which.
2: Well, no, it's not. You can still have counties. You still have towns. That's how you would do it. Instead of living in Boston, Massachusetts, you live in Boston, America. That's a place in America, Frankfurt, Germany. (laughs) That's how they do it. You know what I mean? It's like, why? Why not? and again obviously this is just a fucking thought i had it's just a theoretical thing because you see a lot of people complaining about the electoral college like it or not that is the system i'm not totally against abolishing the electoral college yeah
0: you know but but fuck it take it a step further let's get rid of states i i think at the end it comes all down to economics Yeah. states rights um would have to also deal with how the state chooses to use its money and when you divide get you rid of even, those state yeah, lines yeah then the argument is where would that money go
2: you can get even more local figure vote in your town it, it could be more specific than you know what i mean it's like you live uh, whatever westwood new jersey yeah vote for what how you want the money in westwood new jersey to be spent
1: but i think the problem i get is, it i don't really want to have okay. this kind of, you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah, I yeah, get, yeah okay. i feel like I that, that's it. a sidetrack that yeah, just, it is a
2: sidetrack but i'm just saying like the electoral college thing which is people are talking about it's like yeah right? i could be for that
1: I mean, I'm I'm all for getting rid of the electoral college, and the problem is, as a younger male, who's, like as a younger man who's going to be drawn to cities where the economic opportunity is, my I'm I feel entirely disenfranchised because my vote counts for less than one person, and yeah, like I'm my vote will never count as a full human being as long as I'm, as long as the electoral college exists, and that hurts me. Yeah. Well, yeah. That I mean,
2: I, I, re- I, I voted for, I mean, again, well, and again, I voted for Jill Stein. I feel mm-hmm. completely fine about that. New York went to Hillary. So it was a calculated risk. I don't, I don't have any response. I don't bear any responsibility for this. And also, let me say this. Um. That's why I use that word. Re- you're responsible for the vote that you cast, like the actions, the person you voted for is your responsibility. Now you, you, you endorse that person, you voted for them, you put their faith in them. And what they do is now on your shoulders. It really is. So that's don't throw that like a stone at people that voted for Trump, but let them know that, that when things happen in the next four years that you, they didn't expect or nobody expected or that we're all going to suffer from or whatever benefit from that is their responsibility and let them feel that. Do you don't have to be mean about it? But that's use that word be responsible for who you voted for.
0: So, doesn't it bother you at all that 60 million people decided what happens for 300 million people?
2: No, that's how it works. We could take a vote right now in this room. There's three of us. Mm -hmm. One of us is not going to like that result. That's the thing. It's yeah, you can you are completely 100% entitled to feel bad, fearful, um, upset disappointed, whatever that feeling is. You're entitled to feel that way, 100%. But that's the system. And that is the only reason the system exists, is that we choose to keep putting our faith in it.
0: But, see, here's the thing that nobody's thinking about. Trump gets elected. So now you have a new group of people that might be upset or whatever. But this is a to action, as you said, critical thinking Absolutely, and all this. Yeah. So now everyone has no reason not to get involved, which is probably what we need from the beginning.
2: Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, and right. We're we're about to we're and I tweeted this, we're about to find out whether the presidency mat- matters or not really quickly. We're going to find that out. If you don't like the outcome of this, it's not to throw stones at people that disagree with you. It's to know more and be better <laughs> figure out what it is that you can do on a small scale in conversation or whatever to change of people's help people get to the position that you think that they should be in and be able to explain not he's a racist he's a misogynist he might be those things but that's not the reason he shouldn't be president period okay like i i know that sounds ridiculous but like i i I believe that that's not the reason why. If he can be those things and do the right things in office, governmentally, and put the right policies in place, I don't care. Except uh, I don't. I mean, I understand that those things are connected. I get that, but I also Tim Kaine is a very religious guy. Do I want a very religious guy as the vice president? No, but I think he'd be able to do the job.
1: I mean, first of all, we got a more religious guy as the vice president. Absolutely, but second, but also, I, as the president, we have one president who is at the end of the day. He is all of our president. All the people saying, "Oh, he's not my president." Yes, he is. Yes, and at the same time, we're all his constituents, and he has to try to represent the greater good of America. And if if he is truly hating a large portion of the people and all minorities, that I do take great issue with that.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that's the case. I, mean, I, I really don't. I'm, I say I say, like, I
1: say if I don't know yeah. what goes on, what's going on in his head, what goes on in his heart. I, I right. he's. I don't think he's been honest for a lot of his campaign. I don't think anyone. No,
2: has. and and you know that's that's the other point about it. I, I want to say this. I don't hate Donald Trump. I mean, I think people have, you know, said that on Twitter or whatever. Or, excuse me, maybe interpreted that I hate. Trump. I don't hate the guy. You know, I I think I'm concerned that he's going to make choices based on no information at all. And I think that's, that's really concerning. We've laid out reasons why I think it's scary. I don't hate him. And I, and I do certainly hope that we, we, I, I would love to be wrong. I would love for him to be great at this. Um, all right. You you know, I did, but no, good. Okay.
0: So great men surround themselves with people who can do the job. Why don't you tell me the people in the cabinet that we are looking at?
2: All right. Let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. do the ad read. Let's do this because okay. I have more poll numbers. I have, you know, and I, I don't want, I don't want to like leave it hanging out there that I'm sort of like, man, eh, Trump's president, whatever. No, we're going to, we can, we can talk about, we should just keep talking about it. Cause I think it's the only way we're going to like get the actual uh, opinion of how I feel about it out. When I watched Donald Trump, when, when Florida went to Trump, mm-hmm. when I, I started, I thought, and I think I tweeted, like, uh-oh, America might be way fucking dumber than than expected. And, I, you know, obviously that's being, you know, I'm being a shit about that. But meaning, there, uh-oh, there's more people out there that are going to vote for this guy than than anybody predicted. So I went right immediately to go do, like, interactive maps. And it was very obvious by, like, 9 o'clock that if she does not win Michigan, and it turns out she lost Wisconsin, too, so it was moot point. But if she didn't win Wisconsin, he was going to be the president. And it was a very unsettling feeling. And it's not because like my team lost again. I'm not on that team.
0: All right. And Chris,
2: wait, it's, it's an unsettling feeling. And it was surreal, surreal at three in the morning to see on Twitter. I'm flipping through Twitter. I got the TV on and it says breaking news. AP calls the race for Trump. That is a, I can't explain the visceral, like, whoa, feeling that you get when you read what that I got when I read that to See the the Chiron read Hillary Clinton called Trump to concede Trump to speak in minutes President elect Trump to speak in minutes. Mm. That's shocking. That was shocking to me. I'm, sur- you know, that really was, and it's like it hit me hard. I watched his speech and watching him be introduced as President elect Trump coming down to the stage to give his speech is stunning, and I don't feel good about it. I believe me I don't. I don't want people that listen to the podcast to think that somehow I'm like totally fine with it, but again, I think being a uh, rational and a critical thinker and just being a witness to what is happening and being able to explain logically and not hyperbolically what what the problem is and what he's done and why it's wrong. That's crucial here because it's very easy to get swept up in we're fucked. You know like we might very well be, but I want you to be able to actually lay out why we're fucked not just say it because that's been you know for generations that's what people say about the other person that gets elected but Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i promise you i wouldn't have that feeling if Mitt romney i got elected it's different it's uniquely different this is a completely uncharted territory that we're in and i can't stress that enough i felt strange watching it happen it's still weird it's weird to watch that guy and we'll play the clip it's weird to watch him sitting next to president obama and obama referring to trump as president elect trump and being like yeah in two months he's gonna run the the world it's very surreal i think it was the wrong choice um but how you know we we said it we've talked about it for and we said that this was probably a mistake making her the uh the nominee you know, but that's how the system worked. You, it, it is what it is. Can you play his acceptance speech? Yeah, let's let's read this in, and okay. Okay? we're gonna play his. Oh yeah, we could play a little bit of the acceptance speech. So sure, but but let's let's kind of. I do want to, and again, guys, you know, this is a different kind of episode than we normally do. I think it's good that we're just kind of having this conversation. I'm sure you guys have had a lot of these conversations, and if you haven't, feel like you're part of this. You know what I mean? Like comment on the on the SoundCloud and send an email. Well, the one thing me, I do want to talk about but, but I, is but who I d- voted for him. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So before we play his mm-hmm. speeches and stuff like that, it's sort of like the esoteric kind of, that's the feeling of what's happening. We well, yeah, we should get into some of the numbers. Before we do that, we are sponsored today, and I do want to thank our sponsor. We're sponsored by Uber. We've all taken jobs to earn cash. Uh, back in the day, you know, before I was a huge podcasting mogul, uh, you know, I would do graphic design. I would do uh, PA work. I was into film, uh, you know, different things like that. Um, there's a better way, though, probably that you can earn money, extra money on the side. It's so much easier today, thanks to Uber. And that's really the truth. I mean, if you do want to go out there and like make a little extra cash and maybe you don't have the ability to do graphic design or do whatever, or you don't have the time. Uh, yeah, try Uber. Uber Uber's the ultimate side hustle. Driving with Uber is a new way you can earn extra cash whenever you want. It's not just another J O B. It's totally flexible. It's a totally flexible way to earn. You can turn it on and off just like your car. If you have a few spare hours here and there, drive with Uber. Have you ever wanted to be your own boss? Because I think, I got to believe you'd be a great boss. Drive with Uber and you are your own boss. If you're driving right now, you could be earning right now. I'd do it. But again, I'm here trying to figure out the problems of the world. OK, but you people need to get where they're going while they're figuring this stuff out. You can help them that way. Every day is payday when you drive with Uber because you can cash out any time with instant pay. That's actually a really nice feature to be like, uh, I got to go. I'm going on this date or, oh, I want to go to the uh, whatever carnival. Carnival and I need to buy a ticket or something, and you need an extra couple of bucks, turn the Uber thing on, go pick up some fares, and then cash out immediately. That's really nice. With access to instant pay, cash out your earnings up to five times a day with no minimum amount required. That's a good deal. Listen, if you enjoy earning extra cash, if there's something special you'd like to buy, your car can start making you money. So go ahead, get your side hustle on. Sign up uh, to drive with Uber today. Go to uber, U-B-E-R, dot com slash drive now. That's uber.com slash drive now, U-B-E-R.com slash drive now. There you go. And thank you to Uber for uh, sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate it.
0: What's up, Joey? Not too much. I'm just thinking. Just thinking.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, man. This Again, things happen, right? We we can either pretend they didn't happen or, or go protest. That's fine. Go do it um but it's going to happen so be prepared for when it happens and be able to explain why it's good or not good that's that's your job now you know what i mean and like you said right there's there's a whole movement of people um that are going to negatively react to this or uh, they're going to have a negative feeling about it but they're going to react in a positive way this is where the progre- like build the progressive wing of the democratic party now Let, that is who is going to take over good that's where we need to be. Hillary kept saying, I'm a progressive. likes us get things done. Yeah, you're a moderate. <laughs> and that was a big problem. Guess who wasn't a moderate Bernie and his message resonated stronger, unfortunately with less people. But I think if you put him on a national stage, um, you know, a we might have outcome. a different result. We might, we might not. Uh, but I think he's, his message spoke more to the people that ended up voting for Trump than Hillary's did. Uh, I think Biden probably is kicking himself. This week, because uh, his message has always been the economy and jobs and white working class people, and you know Trump tapped into it.
0: However, the the issue with Biden was the the family. No, no, you know, I understand, but I'm happen.
2: just, I, of course, but I'm just saying I think he probably you know looks at it now as like an opportunity that he maybe missed. You know, yeah,
1: good. Uh, so, so do you, I? Just have to ask, do you think that if Bernie doesn't build, like fire up the fan base in the prime, uh, the base in the primary, if he doesn't get that that just disenfranchised base going do you think trump ever gets this kind of this uh, kind of steam behind him was bernie bernie's eventual loss the product of uh trump's or was trump's eventual win the product of bernie's loss um it's
2: a really good question i mean i I don't know i mean i have i was going to read some like the exit polling data and things like that it's not i don't think it's fair to and I don't think you did, but I think I saw in the media a lot that they were blaming third party. you know, Oh, thanks a lot for your Gary Johnson vote, for your Jill Stein vote, for Bernie voters, I, whatever. Yeah, I, Rachel went off on them.
0: Who? Rachel Maddell oh, yeah, was yeah. yelling at the Gary Johnson Yeah, but, Johnson but okay,
2: yeah, it's their fault for being in, involved in the election. Maybe run a better candidate. You know what I mean? I, although I understand Hillary is extremely well qualified to, to be that. But nobody was excited about her, and, and that warning sign was there right from the start. And, um, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think people were...
1: Look, and, and and so, but I just sort of feel like the like all those extra voters who came on Trump's side were the people who were fired up by Bernie, and then like the people who there there were people in the Bernie camp who said, okay, I at the end of the day, the policy, I want the liberal policy, I need, and what they went to Hillary, and it's like I was one of those, I said, okay, at the end of the day, I'm disenfranchised, but I want the liberal Supreme Court, I want all these things right. that I'm not going to get if I go to the right, but there was the, the other side that felt just. So disenfranchised that it was an emotional gut decision saying I'm not represented. And I like, do you think those are the ones who like, that's the, what makes up the margin between what the polling said was going to come out to vote and what actually came out to vote?
2: Uh, I don't know. I I don't necessarily think so. I think anybody that, that. Supported Bernie in the primary and then felt like they needed to vote for Trump. I think those people are just delusional. So I, I don't necessarily well, think that they make up that difference. I get what you're saying. Well, like well, well, there's that- the ideas that Bernie put out there did it fire up a percentage of this population at yeah, a certain and, point that and, felt Hillary wasn't going to represent it, and maybe Trump doesn't represent the actual policy positions, but he certainly and, and speaks to their issues. Maybe, but I,
1: it, it wasn't necessarily the same. The same Bernie voters that went that across the aisle, but I'm saying it's Bernie fired up the fired up the base on the idea of. Yeah, you're disenfranchised. Yeah, this like this is you're being screwed over. Yeah, but and I then people came out on the right that said, "Well, we are too. We're going to vote for the guy that's saying right, it's on our side."
2: Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it, but I think I don't. I think that's the, I think that's the problem there. Like, there is a legitimate. It is a legitimate feeling that you're not included. You know what I mean? There's a whole like working class part of this country that isn't really included and isn't being represented. That's the truth. So you don't have to do anything. To get Like, I think they were already fired up. I think Trump noticed it the same way Bernie did and spoke to that. I think Hillary missed an opportunity a little bit to talk about uh, jobs, to talk to that actual base. She might have had policies that probably would have done better for them than Trump, but I don't think she spoke to them the same way that Trump did. And also, listen, there is an element of uh, misogyny involved in it. Like, let's not pretend that there isn't a racist, misogynistic ignorant part of the Republican base that, that contributes to this. That's, that's, it's nonsense to pretend that that doesn't exist, but I think it's also too broad a brush to say anybody that voted for Trump is that that's not the case.
1: Like, I think like the, the, what hurts is when you see a guy like David Duke doing a victory lap, that hurts to see, but at the end of the day, Yeah, like I'm not trying to paint this as anecdotal.
2: Trump didn't. Trump, you know, Trump didn't go for that. No, he didn't. He didn't. You know, and that's the thing. It's like don't be hyperbolic. Don't lie. Fucking lay out the actual facts. There's plenty of factual reasons why Trump shouldn't be the president. David Duke being on Twitter, you know, being excited that Trump got elected. That's you know David Duke's call. I don't think Trump is is saying great that that's the case. He pretended he didn't know who David Duke was, (laughs) for being honest. Right. So who voted for Trump? So these are the exit polls. Uh, Hillary Clinton first. 41% male, 54% female, 37% white. All right? Mm -hmm. Trump, 53% male, 42% female, 58% of the white vote went to Trump. It's a lot of people. They're the biggest block. 58% went to Trump. The majority of people that voted for Hillary Clinton were younger than 44 years old. They were 44 or younger. 88% black, 65% Hispanic on Trump. The majority of people were 45 or older, 8% of the black vote, 29% of the Hispanic vote, 30% of the Hispanic votes, a pretty good margin. combine that with the white vote and you're in pretty good shape. I think, uh, we got a comment on the episode last week from someone that said that, you know, her family is legal immigrants and she didn't like the fact that you know we had suggested that people that illegally came in should be granted citizenship as well she was like fuck those people like we went through the system mm. they can go fuck themselves well i think there's an element of that contributing to people that voted for trump <laughs> you know what i mean where it's like well i did it i'm a rule follower fuck those illegal you know what i mean and that's so that age group
0: yeah yeah you think it was? I remember a better time. Absolutely, Trump is going to be able to bring us to that better time. hundred percent. So now, is that time racist?
2: Well, we talked. I mean, we talked about. I think last week we talked about it, where it was like fifty-one percent of people polled wanted to go back to the nineteen or thinks things have gotten dramatically worse since the nineteen fifties for the nineteen fifties racist. Yeah, there was well. I mean, that's stupid to say. Was it? Was a? Was a time period like? There were race, yeah. There was a, it was a much more uh, segregated society. It was a much more racist society, yes. And it was all, but again, the the main. See, I think it's oversimplifying it. It's an element. It's oversimplifying though to be like it was racist and that's why. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it was actually. If you look at it, a much more, um, a much less complicated time. Everybody had a particular role in society. It was laid out very clearly. You were taught that role. And that's that's how the society operated. We live in a time now where uh, even what gender you are is up for debate or not up for debate. But it's up. It's like, well, I don't know. I was born with a penis, but I, I'm a woman oh, yeah. or I don't know. I don't want you know what Thursday. Uh, sometimes I'm a woman. Sometimes I'm a, I don't know. Gender's fluid. All this stuff like that's mind blowing to a generation of people 45 years or older. Some of them are just not going to accept that. It doesn't mean that it's okay, you know, that nobody can. But I get that that's confusing because it's confusing to me. It doesn't mean I'm accepting of it. Fine. If you want to sleep with whoever you want, marry eight people, do whatever. If you are telling me you're a woman in a man's body or whatever it is, okay. (laughs) I take you at your word and do what you want, do what makes you happy as long as it's not hurting anybody else. That's fine. But there's a big percentage of people that. A don't accept that, which is, I guess, okay for them to do that. It's not good, uh, but they don't get they don't get that, and that, and I think that's a. We live in a very complicated world now, where kind of everything is up for debate. Like I'm saying, um, and I get why they they would look at a time period when it seemed like things were good. Everybody had their particular role in society, and there sort of wasn't this focus on emotion and feeling. It was a focus on. Well, you go do your thing, you put your head down, you go do it. And that there's people that are like that. Um and that generation is is they voted for who they wanted to vote for. And listen, there's a whole generation of people that are younger than this, that that didn't vote. There's people that don't vote. They don't even pay attention. Get them to vote. Get them on the right side of history. Let them vote for the things that you believe in. But I, but I do think these like the 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 social policy and things like that, I think that stuff kind of inevitably takes care of itself because the culture takes care of that. You know, will and grace Ellen at one point had her show canceled because she was gay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ellen is the most popular fucking figure in this country right now. You know what I mean? People love Ellen. Yes. Things change. And I think that happens with culture, uh, and conversation and just being accepting and understanding people that happens. That was, I think part of Hillary's mistake. um, making that a focal point because you're, you're going to get... Yes, you're going to get people that already agree with you to vote for you, definitely. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anybody that doesn't agree with you to vote for you on that stuff. You might get people to vote for you but talking about economics and jobs and all that all that stuff, like Bill got elected on.
0: So why did young, un, young, un-college-educated women yeah. vote for Trump after all the allegations, all the things he's said and the way that one might view the way he treats women.
2: Yeah, well, I have some thoughts about that. Let's get into those those numbers. Women, particularly white women, hurt Hillary, Florida in particular, all right. Mm-hmm. White women went for Trump. 53% of white women went for Trump. 43% went for Hillary. White women, non-college, 62% of those people went to Trump. 34% went to Hillary. Of the 18 to 29-year-olds, 63% went to Hillary, okay, of white mm-hmm. women. Your question is why would they in the face of these allegations vote for Trump?
0: History videos everything. Um well,
2: the simple answer is they don't believe it or they don't care. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's literally it sounds dumb, but that that's don't the care. most logical conclusion. The second thing is, I think people that tend to be more conservative, more religious, and I'm painting with a broad brush, but this is just a thought I have about it. People that tend to be more religious, more conservative, um, have a view of things have gotten worse since the 1950s. Non-college educated, which maybe implies that they they're not the breadwinner in the family. They don't work. Maybe they're a homemaker or they are a mother or whatever. That's their primary job. And, you know, they have particular roles in the home. I think they're more likely to uh, vote the way their husband votes. And I don't think that's unrealistic. I also think that they are more of a values group, mm-hmm. and watching Bill, Dick, Bimbos, as Colin Powell put it, my favorite phrase of the entire year, uh, and then st- hit her stick with him or whatever. I mm-hmm. think that maybe rubbed them the wrong. You know, there's no way to know that. And also, look, there's a possibility they look at him and they go, "I don't fucking like that person. She is not like me at all."
0: So I'm there's a-, a lot of
2: factors involved.
0: So I'm a woman. No, oh, you're not really? Joey. Are, well, you, I, are you? Are you Hypothetically. <laughs> okay. I accept you. I just okay. said that. Yes, thank you. A little uh, surprised, though. Yeah. I'm you gotta a woman. Shave that beard. <laughs> and I've watched Trump set a precedence. Now, I might follow What precedence is that? Uh one that he doesn't hold women to the standard of which they should be held at. Like well, but again. Okay. I just want to say this. Yes, right? go ahead. the only
2: evidence evidence that we have of trump being uh well not the only evidence but the the video the video is the big thing that came Mm -hmm. out where he's like you know i grabbed him by the pussy whatever he's saying something that if it is true if he does do that he is a at the very least a sexual assaulter okay Mm -hmm. a rapist whatever you want to call it we don't have any actual evidence we have the word of some women that have come out and said that he you know did inappropriate things with them assaulted them He's never been found guilty of that. And so I want to be leery of going, well, Trump, that's what Trump does to women. Maybe we don't have proof of that. Bill Clinton, they've accused Bill Clinton of being a fucking rapist and all Mm -hmm. this shit. Has Bill Clinton been found guilty of rape? No. And again, we've talked about these issues on the show before. I get it, man. It's hard to prove. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's hard to prove. And if you have been assaulted and you have been raped, it's tragic. And I think the justice should be done for you and that system needs to be corrected as well. But again, let's... We got to put it into context. We have to.
0: Okay. You said that the wives would vote for the uh, would vote in line with what the so husband a theory, would vote for. Maybe. Okay, so it's a theory. But here's the thing. Nobody knows the way she votes. She's in a booth by herself. Right, right. No one is over her shoulder. Wouldn't you feel that an independent woman will want to see that glass ceiling shadowed.
2: Independent women have the opportunity. We talked about it with the burkini thing. It's very interesting how a lot of this stuff, you know, that's why we talk about some of this cultural Mm. stuff as well, because it ties into it. Um, We said it during that debate. You're free to restrict yourself. Assume that role. You're free to restrict yourself. Mm -hmm. So an independent woman is free to go, I'm going to do what my husband thinks. Or whatever. That's just a, an aspect of it. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. It's, they also could be free to go, fuck that bitch. I don't like her. You know what I mean? That could be the attitude. It could be that simple. Or they like what Trump is saying. Forget the fact that he maybe, he's not going to show up at their, their house and grab them by the pussy. You know what I mean? It's an abstract it's an abstract thing that that idea. People that have been assaulted probably feel it way more than people that have not been assaulted. There's, but again, the, the, like there's so many different factors to go into it. But I tend to believe that that in conservative households or more religious households, which is what we're seeing, it's these working class, like more religious communities that really tipped it for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be w- women. There tend to be more subservient, for lack of a better word you know what i mean that that's just that's sociologically that's that's the case i don't know why but that is that is what happens 63% of non college educated white women voted for trump
1: i mean to, to to some degree like i think it's people who are people who have who think alike are going to be more likely to get married just so say like oh it's just voting the way their husband i think it's couples vote the same way they each other vote and if you have a Mary like, Madeline the, and the, james carville that there have, yeah, well, that's a little different. I don't <laughs> get that <laughs> reference. James
2: Carville's like a Democratic strategist. You know, the raging he, Cajun, James Carville.
1: He looks like an
0: alien.
2: He, he does. He's really in creepy. old school. He debates Frank the Tank. Uh, oh okay. That's James Carville. He's married to Mary Madeline, who's like a a, a right wing.
0: Oh, okay. They're so Paul Opposites. Yeah, he, looks exactly. like a, he looks like an alien. Oh, I've seen him. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he was on MSNBC all night. He was yes. on the election coverage. I thought he was very good on it, honestly. He, I thought he... the coverage was very good. I watched MSNBC. Yes. I thought the coverage was good.
1: He just scares me a little bit when I look at him. Yeah, it's okay. Well anyway, because so Where 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 was I? I that kinda...
2: c- that couple you know, people that are alike tend to get married or whatever. Yeah,
1: so, so I mean like like I I know I certainly live in my liberal bubbles. Like when you're around people with the same viewpoints, you tend to and it's becoming easier and easier to just ignore facts and get oh, I don't believe this as opposed to this is and as you said, he hasn't been convicted of anything. Right. We don't know what yeah. actually happened. So to play devil's advocate maybe this is Women thinking for themselves, not just saying, Hillary's a woman, Woman, I have to vote for a woman because I'm a woman. Oh, absolutely. Right. Which, well, that's...
2: And that might actually be factored against Hillary, where I, it's like I people think, are telling you, hey, you got to support this woman. No, I don't.
1: I don't I, like her. It's like, that That pissed me off during the, during it all, where it's like, oh, like, I, I felt like I was being told, if you're sexist, if you don't vote for me, absolutely. no, I'm sexist if I do vote for you because you're a woman. Right. Like, that's, exactly. something, that's something that did piss me off, actually. That was...
2: No, and sure. And this th- again, it's going to be a lot of finger pointing and trying to figure out blaming this group or that. Group, but like we have information now. Now it's the job to sift through that information and try to figure out why that happened. And again, the biggest, uh, uh, the easiest way to look at it and go, well, how could this have happened? Yeah, because people didn't like what they were hearing. So, so they didn't vote for her. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it's that easy. Like we don't have to think that deeply into it because maybe they didn't think that deeply into it.
1: And also tie back to like the nostalgia of the '50s. I think the, the real nostalgia there, like the biggest thing that people look back to, is like that was the start of, re- of the real American middle class. That is when mm. that is when the middle class started booming, and it was a better like economically. There was well, it, unions
2: and things like that. There was a lot of protections and, for the middle class, which had been eroded.
1: And but the pro- like the propaganda machine has made it seem like each side is telling themselves that it was just like the Democrats want to say it was just the Democrats that, that made the middle class. Republicans want to say it was just the Republicans that made, made the middle right. class. No, it was. A good working government that had balance to it and- well
2: yes but but again I think yeah I mean uh, I, there's like <laughs> y- unions make the the difference there it's yeah, empowering yeah. workers to be able to fight for their own right and get what they feel they deserve for the the hours that they're putting in corporate interests dominating our politics erodes that
1: and there's corporate interest on both sides where it's like yes. the system the system is broken the, the one thing about unions that always that baffles me in this election is wisconsin is always like touting itself as the big union state and it's like that's their claim to fame they keep voting against their self-interest in terms of unions that seems to baffle me
2: yeah well look trump spoke to well also i saw some people in i was watching against vice news and this guy was like she didn't come here
1: yeah. <laughs> He's like okay. he so. just assumed that we <laughs> yeah. were
2: going to vote for her. We didn't.
1: And, oh. and, and and in a system where you feel- Okay. <laughs> and this in a year when people are already the sentiment is always dis, already disenfranchisement yeah guess yes who was there and Hillary's saying okay you're gonna vote for me no matter what Trump. so I'm not I'm going to ignore you
2: right well there's also let me say this there's also an element of wow counties that Obama won in Wisconsin went to Trump what happened uh, there's probably a percentage of people that don't want to vote for a woman they don't believe that she can run the you know she's not she's a woman they don't, they don't believe in it there is an element of that let's not pretend that that's not part of it as well there is but also she didn't go there and talk to them
1: I mean, it, it, yeah, the, the, there is the sexist. There is a racist. There, like, like, I'm not going to say that Trump won because he ran a racist campaign and half the country's racist, but you can't deny there's a the racist element. No, it's, and, and, it's and a I very, don't... It's a, the, the demographics <laughs> are complex as fuck.
2: Yes, absolutely. And again, I, I yeah, I don't want that to be hanging out there. Like, yeah, yup, there's racist people for sure. There's misogynistic and, people. There's hateful people, definitely. There's dumb people, definitely. But there's also, I know a lot of people that I don't consider dumb that voted for Trump. Now again, does it matter because they voted here? No, it doesn't matter, which is great. If you cast a vote in California, New York, I think there's two other states, you had a one in one billion chance of being the person that actually decided the election. Okay, so just wow. know that. But guess what? The we did say.
1: Has gone up in this country, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did say, if you live in a swing state, you better really think about it. You better know what your vote actually ma- means.
1: Well, well, so does do you do you put any blame on? Like can you can you therefore put any blame on someone someone like yourself? Say, like you're you've advocated like you've made it known that you're you're doing a protest vote. Well, I don't I don't but, think I said but, a protest vote. I mean I, I really, you I don't right. really want to couch it that way. Okay. Again,
2: I voted for who I would be willing to take responsibility for. But and I think that's different.
1: But so but that same idea of like voting third party, is there some blame to be put on, on that sentiment by influencing the people who are saying I'm gonna do the same thing in a state where it actually matters? Like this is this our generation's Ralph Nader moment? Uh,
2: no, because I never advocated to vote. I mean, I get what, I get your question. Obviously, I never at ad- I said do not write in Bernie. Yeah, Hillary's the nominee. That happened. Do not vote for Gary Johnson. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That you happened. Know? So no, yeah. I don't. And and it's Jill Stein is not who tipped this. Gary Johnson. If anybody is going to be the 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 Ralph Nader, it's Johnson. And I gotta believe that people. I mean, you know, if anybody – like, that had to have hurt Trump more than it hurt anybody, the Gary Johnson vote. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, like, I was definitely coming in thinking – like, to coming in today, even, thinking, like, wanting to blame the third party fighters. I did realize just, like, it it really is, like, Bernie fired up this sentiment, and it was this yeah. – this, it, well, that, that sentiment
2: existed. You know it, what I mean. The, like the sentiment
1: existed. He it was kindling.
2: Bernie was kindling. The, ba- for that the
1: base of. was rallied so hard this year. Yeah, and the base is like the disenfranchised base is not just on the left. Right, it's on both sides. And Absolutely, that, and that vote that came out that no one saw coming on the right, it was the same sentiment. And it like there's a reason people know so no one saw it coming because it's that group of people who said for for a long time now they don't believe in government. They don't trust the government. Yeah, well, that's now they're saying they see a man who is willing, who think they think is going to tear that down.
2: Absolutely, and that's that's another big factor in the whole thing. It's lack of trust in institutions, and it's correct, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like we know what the problem is. We've talked about it at length at length on the podcast. There is a legitimate concern about the. The 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 lack of credibility and trust in these institutions, it's been happening for a long time. People that voted against what you think they should vote for, they still recognize that's the good news. If there's any good news out of it, they recognize that there is a problem. They just are not they don't agree with you on what the solution is. We can fucking figure that out. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay we just have to get them to understand what the actual problem is and then we're going to be in much better shape
1: now now do now do you think the problem can- but wait can i actually
2: say because it just reminded me of that point like this mm-hmm. corporate thing like this i think locks in i think it's gonna be very hard to undo that now i i said it when bernie was running i thought that bernie was probably one of our last great chances to overturn some of this stuff uh i think this really cements it a lot further um i think you might see temporary economic growth i think that's going to make people believe that it's republicanism and that ideology that works you'll see it because he's going to take the fucking chains off i think he's going to take regulations away i think it's going to be kind of a free-for-all for for capitalism over the next couple of years and you'll see money go up but the problem is it's built on a fucking sand foundation that we've seen collapse catastrophically Mm -hmm. but i think Man, I think we're in a weird. <laughs> I think we're in a weird situation right
0: now. So Dodd Frank goes bye bye. Maybe. And so at the end, but what Dodd Frank did not go far enough. But again, I'd rather it be there. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna live in a world where the economy is booming, I guess.
2: Well, I don't know. I just said it's possible. It's possible. I think when you take the chains off, like look at it this way. Mm-hmm. You you got a car, all right car is chained to a bigger car behind it. All right. We'll call that the government. The car in front will be like, we'll let it go to like 60, 65. You know what I mean? But the, the car behind it is is a huge truck that's going to hold that car back. Trump is just going to release that car and be like, go, motherfucker, drive as fast as you want. In that minute, it's gonna go really, really fast. It's gonna do well probably for a little bit, and then it's gonna crash (laughs) because you're not supposed to be going 240 miles an hour. You're supposed you have to only go 65 miles an hour. That's the reality of the situation. I don't know if that's a good metaphor. It sounds stupid as I'm saying it, but you understand my point. Like he's gonna let the economy Go free. I think he's going to take a lot of regulations off. And in that period of time, there's going to be a certain period of time where, ho ho, we can try anything we fucking want. They're going to make a lot of money, but it's not going to be regulated. It's not going to be built on actual rules. And it's going to be built on a really poor foundation. I think you're going to see an epic collapse at some and,
1: and point. And that's, that's what caused 2008. Yes. Like that that's is, what you see like, with the housing market. Yeah. And I mean, I know like there will never have a both parties agree on whether there should be regulation or not, but it's like, I think finding the middle ground is, is to provide stability. And that's why you need that. It's debate in this country. Yeah.
2: I don't think there's there. I don't think there can be a middle ground. I think it's very yeah, clear that there needs to be a, this is the, these are the rules. I think and has, that's
1: it. I think there has to be compromise. And like, I think this country is built on a compromise. And if you have like the Republican, currently the Republican party is built on dogma, not actually.
2: I uh, see that you're right to an extent, but I think there, I think the dem, I think that's at its own peril. I think the democratic party is built on like,
0: See, so here's the thing. Trump as a businessman knows how to compromise. Oh, by
2: the way, climate change, th- that's the other thing uh-huh. that I think is whew, lost in the shuffle. Climate change, nothing's happening for four years. And I don't know if we can afford that. Well, I really don't less, know if we can afford that. A
0: lot less is going to be happening. Well, Nothing they, is going to happen.
1: They just announced their new uh, EPA, the, the head of the EPA, and he's a climate change denier. Yeah. Like, Climate
2: it's change. Myron Ebel, if you want to look it up. E-B-E-L-L.
1: Like he's hmm. he's a like been the head of a conservative think tank that is like in bed with the oil industry. And he, just...
2: Yes. He he questions global warming alarmism and he uh um opposes energy rationing policies. He's been called by Greenpeace or whatever some of these other places as like a a misinformer. That's literally how they refer to him mm-hmm. as. So that's who's gonna be wrong. Right. I nothing well, will happen for climate change. I think that's Woof! That should be the fucking headline. Like, oh, nothing is going to get done. So, for who picked him exactly? Trump.
0: Trump. Well, oh, so he's going to assume the position in the, the new EPA year. The EPA head. Well, here's okay. the thing: there's okay. a
2: transition team. The 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 piece of shit, overweight governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, uh-huh. is in charge of that transition team. He's going to help compile a list, make sure people get in the right position. But guess what? Donald Trump can just say yes or no or whatever. But there's four thousand positions that are going to be appointed based on this transition team. How many of those people do you think Trump knows? But he can say, yeah, get people from this industry, get Goldman Sachs to do this, get this and that. Like, that's the problem. That's what you elected. You didn't elect it. Trump's not going to come in and get rid of, you know, 3,800 of those positions. That's what the misnomer is: the putting Trump in office by the people that voted for him. And you didn't know, you didn't make the right choice. You bet, you made a bad decision. We,
0: we don't know that yet.
2: No, we can pretty much extrapolate that it's a bad decision based on the idea that he doesn't know how to run the government. He doesn't. We know certain. He said things that we've seen where we go, that's a dangerous policy. We've listened to him blather on for minutes at a time about Syria and how he's gonna. No, that is not possible. So that's that's the reality. We 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 can't sit here in good conscience and go, "Well, we'll see." No. All right.
0: We've never done this. So we really don't know the outcome, but based on what he's said, he doesn't know what he's going to do. Okay. Can we put our critical thinking cap on for a second and you play the clip of Obama and Trump? Yes, sure. This right? is uh, Because now what I want you to do is I don't want you to judge Trump. On what he said or what he has done, I want you to gauge President Trump, P- President Elect Trump, mm-hmm. from this point on. So play the clip. This is uh, Donald
2: Trump and President. Barack- Meanwhile, to talk about a guy that's going to look fucking really good in hindsight. Woof. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is President Obama and President Elect Trump in the uh, some room in the White House after meeting for quite a while today about, you know, one of their first meetings that they're going to have during this transition process. Uh, Yeah, we'll listen to it and then we can talk about it. It's about a minute and a half.
4: uh, The opportunity to have an excellent conversation with president elect Trump. Uh, It was wide ranging. We talked about uh, some of the organizational issues uh, in setting up a white house. We talked about foreign policy. We talked about domestic policy uh, and as I said last night, my number one priority in the coming two months is to try to facilitate a transition that ensures our President-elect is successful. Uh, and uh, I have been very encouraged by the, uh, I think, interest in pres- President-elect uh, Trump's uh, wanting to work with my team around uh, many of the issues that this great country faces. And uh, I believe that it is important for all of us, regardless of party uh, and regardless of political preferences, uh, to now come together, work together, to deal with uh, the many challenges that we face. Uh, And in the meantime, uh, Michelle has had a chance to uh, Greet the incoming first lady. And uh, we had uh, uh, an excellent uh, conversation with her as well. Oh,
2: let me just pause there because this is another thing to pay attention to. Uh, The things that the liberal or the left or whatever Hillary supporters have criticized Trump about the misogyny, this and that, whatever shame. He's a bully shaming all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of stuff side-by-siding Michelle Obama and, like, Melania Trump in some of her, like, modeling shots where she's, like, in lingerie or whatever, they're like, this is what we're switching to? Like, you know, what are you doing? (laughs) You're doing the exact thing that you would be shocked and appalled by if Trump did it. And I'm not trying to say it's the same on both sides, whatever, but I'm just trying to point it out that if you actually have uh, values and a moral compass and principles and this is shit you believe You wouldn't be doing it? No, you have to apply it evenly mm-hmm. otherwise it's not actually a value it's just the thing that you say when it's convenient my dad used to not make me read but i used to read like the uh i actually forget what the book was called but anyway but the point was character is doing the right thing when no one's looking do the right thing when no one's looking you know what i mean and do and certainly do the right thing when people are looking <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna do that you'd be a, you'd be shocked you'd be so upset. If it was the other way around, you know what I mean? Where there was something disparaging about Michelle or whatever. Like, so come on, let, let, let's keep that in mind too. Don't, if you actually believe in something, you got to believe it all the time. Cause then otherwise you don't actually believe in it.
4: We want to make sure that they feel welcome uh, as they prepare. Uh,
2: also like that's shaming behavior, right? Isn't it like sex shame or whatever it is. Slut shaming. Like, Oh, it's bad for her that she wore lingerie and a, a photo It's her job. Well, what do you want?
0: You understand what I'm saying? A model like, does a model's job. Yeah. Come on.
4: Make this transition. And most of all, uh, I want to uh, emphasize to you, uh, Ms. President-elect, that uh, we now are going to... Uh,
0: How many pictures do they need? Oh. Are you kidding me? The, come on. All right. So... <laughs> wait, so, No, no, no. no, it's no, not, no, no, it's a, no. Okay, good. From this clip, it seems to me that Obama's struggling to find the right words. Do you feel that that no, is telling?
1: I, no, absolutely not. No, no, I think I think he's handling himself quite. he's, this, he's holding, handling himself well. This here.
0: guy,
2: for better or worse, is a classic statesman. This guy, people, and that's sort of I think what what feeds into this as well. You look at this guy who's just been demonized and like treated like an outsider, and he doesn't belong in this country. Whatever. This guy's this guy held the position honorably period. This is one of the classiest guys you're ever going to find. He's doing what he has to do here. He's doing it correctly. And I honestly believe that he is good. This two months, he needs to feel the burden of history on his shoulders to do everything he can to make sure that this transition happens correctly. And he gets the most amount of information to Trump succinctly. And in a way that Trump can actually use it because his Obama, right now this is probably Has the, the mo- in his hands. this is the yes this is the most important point in his presidency right now fucking everything in the past is prologue for what he's going to do right now and his post presidency it will be the most consequential in the history of this country in my opinion his leadership his guidance his ability to work with trump if need be and and help it's crucial this is the most consequential cuz i said it before he's a young man out of office Before Trump became the president-elect, now his presidency, his post-presidency is the most consequential ever, ever.
4: Want to do everything we can to help you succeed, because if you succeed, then the country succeeds. Please. Well, thank you very
5: much, President Obama. Um, This was a meeting that was going to last for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and uh, we were just going to get to know each other. We had never met each other. Uh, I have great respect The meeting lasted for almost an hour and a half. And it could have, as far as I'm concerned, it could have gone on for a lot longer. We really, um, we discussed a lot of different situations, some wonderful and some difficulties. Um, I very much look forward to dealing with the President in the future, including counsel. Explain some of the difficulties, some of the the high flying assets, and some of the some of the really great things that have been achieved. Uh, so, Mister President, it was a great honor being with you, and I look forward to being with you many, many more times in the future. Thank you, sir.
2: That, that dude, that moment is so surreal. that is such a surreal moment that that Donald Trump is going to come next in the lineage, in the halls of fucking government, in the in the annals of history. Trump. Trump is on the same level mm-hmm. as Lincoln, JFK, Reagan, whatever, Obama
1: himself. You notice you just named three presidents who got shot. <laughs> just just oh. saying. Just oh. saying. Come Interesting. On, Chris. I didn't, uh, well,
2: I, did, I did not intend for that, but okay. The Lord is speaking through me. No, uh, uh, no, I, I'm not putting that fucking juju out there. No way. But, um, what I find interesting about that clip is mm-hmm. uh, Trump's playing the part. I've, I said, I think I said this on the, on uh, the J train podcast, we were doing like the news part. Mm-hmm. I said, Trump is the ultimate yes. And guy, what I mean by that, that's an improv thing where if I go, Hey, we're going to the market. Joey's not going to go, no, 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 we're going to Kmart. Joey would go, yeah, we're going to the market and yeah. we're going to buy uh watermelon. I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to buy water, you know. Yes, and, we're gonna going to keep this It continues the act. It continues the act. It's not a dead end. Trump is the ultimate yes, and guy. He's a chameleon. He's a guy, if you put him in, if you go to Trump, you know, Mr. Trump, I think he would agree that, and then you finish that sentence with whatever, he would go, I do, yes. He'll go along with you. So if you're going to treat Trump like the president-elect and you're going to treat him like a big boy and you're going to give him the information he needs, I think he will go along with it, honestly. People have said, you know, he doesn't take advice. He doesn't take advice during a campaign. And guess what? He was right. Right? Yes. Uh, I do, for whatever reason, I don't know if I have a reason to think it, but I do think that if you give him the right counsel, he'll go along with it. Now, that doesn't mean if things don't go his way, he's not going to throw a tantrum. I think he could certainly make the wrong choices, and he's likely to make the wrong choices because he doesn't have any base of knowledge. We've also seen what happens. We have recent memory of that. George W. Bush, I don't think, is a bad guy. I think he's a guy who doesn't have a guiding philosophy. I think when you put bad people around him like Donald Trump and Dick Cheney, uh, excuse me, Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney and you know the cast of characters that were around him, I think he can be sent in the wrong direction. I think it's very critical that Obama makes sure to put Trump in the right direction over these next two months, and then it's hands it off. That's it, and we're going to find out who's around him: Christie, Giuliani, Newt Gingrich. These are not the right people to have around, and I don't trust their guidance. Um, hmm. But, but that being said, Trump has done what he he's done for all intents and purposes the the standard right thing so far. I will say this, though, he didn't allow the standard press corps to be there today that he was. He didn't allow them to follow him around. People are making a big deal about that. He's already attacking the press. They're saying, yes, there's legitimate concerns that Trump is going to have a chilling effect on freedom of speech, on the press access, all that stuff. To that, I say, yes, that is a legitimate concern and it does concern me. The press corps get on your game now. Mm. We can talk about the media letting people down and they're not doing their job. There's a lot of people that are out there doing their job. And now the rest of them have to get on board with that. If Trump's going to restrict your access, you have to work harder to get the information you have to get. Uh, make sure that you're vetting sources and getting all the information you can make sure you're doing your job. That's all that's not a, it's, it's, it's not good, but it doesn't mean that we don't get information anymore. It means that the people that are responsible for getting us accurate information, not writing these fucking fluff opinion pieces, that shit can go by the wayside. Now, now it's the job of the people in the institutions that actually matter to do the real work. If Trump's going to keep you from going there, figure out how to get the information. We need it. The democracy depends on it.
1: In an age when misinformation is so easy to find, and a good press, like good journalism, has never been more important, and it a is free press, absolutely, like it is time for they right. that I mean, pe- I, people, facts are facts, are the most important thing. And, like I think part of the problem in America right now is on both sides. The twenty-four hour news cycle has. You can't. There's not 24 hours of the corporate news cycle. Yeah, well, like, it's, it's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment, and like there's not 24 hours of facts to say. So they make right. they, it's 24 hours right. of emotions. Right. Whereas like it used to be,
2: show a documentary for 12 hours a day. Show documentaries for 12 hours a day. If you don't have anything to report, don't fucking report it. We we talk about it when these shootings happen. First reports are always wrong. Mm. Then why do we even have them? Just be on TV and be like, we don't have any. Credible information at this point.
1: I, I want Walter Cronkite back to have yeah, a 30, uh, have like a thirty minute new, thirty minute news segment at the end of the day, just saying here are the facts. Well, calm the, down. Well, you you can watch
2: Vice News Daily. That's actually a very good show. I, I've watched it since it's been on. It's a half hour on HBO every night. I believe seven thirty. I DVR, it, so I don't exactly know the time, but it's a half hour wrap up of you know this is what's happening. They're not you know mm-hmm. they're they're presenting the facts. I think in a very clear way. There's people out there that present the facts you can find that, but that is now your job. How do you react to president elect Trump? Do your job. If you are concerned about this country, you're a citizen of this country. Do the work, make news, make real information, a priority for you. You can pay attention to the fluff. You can know what Khloe Kardashian's wearing. That's fine. I do. But I also pay. What's you wearing? Nothing
1: in my mind. Uh, No, but
2: you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) you but right. It's like, Everybody that is complaining about this result, the media that that wasn't allowed to come to the event, do your job. It's responsibility time. It's not be hyperbolic, not be over. Do your job. Do your job. If we don't have faith in these institutions, let's figure out how to put faith back in the institutions. The only way is that they do their jobs credibly, respectably, and it's not this false narrative of, uh, you know, Well, we got to be unbiased. No, your lack of critique and critical assessment of what is going on is a bias. Look in the mirror, right? Do what you can to create the change that you want to see. Be the change that you want to see. Do it. But don't be dismissive. He's the president-elect. There are people that voted for him. Figure out how to reach those people or figure out how to build a coalition bigger than that group. And that's how you're going to fix things. But that's the only way we're going to do it.
1: So so to that point I'd like to like earlier you said that you think you thought Trump was a or this sort of last time to like try to change and fix the system and it's downhill from here. I
2: think the lo- yeah I, I think the longer it goes the less likely it is that the system changes. The, certainly. The, but we could certainly well, I mean we can like we saw with Bernie's group we could see that group fucking double in the next 4 years. Well like the, the
1: optimism – I the, the one bright spot I take from this all is yeah there's a lot of people who are still angry and I I see Donald At the end of the day, people vote for him because he's going to be a destabilizing force. Yes, and he's going like it. I think it's going to be tumultuous uh, for years. But there is a chance that that base is going to be fired up even more. And I'm not sure if I'm not sure if there's a way to fix it without a constitutional amendment. But getting fired up is the only way to amend the Constitution right now. Yes, people Uh, are fired up.
2: Oh sure, yeah. Well, right. I think that I think that work starts today. I think you know we should have a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United to. Well, f- to to make it constitutional, um, you know the the ability to have publicly financed a lot, and any of this stuff, but you got to get this money out
1: and and and, and 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 gerrymandering. Sure, that is like sure. Well, that are, would end with
2: my plan to get rid of the states.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, like I, I like the idea of okay to draw your district. You have four straight lines, and you have to get a certain size of the population in it. Yeah. Good luck.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You're absolutely right. One, for people that don't know what we're talking about, gerrymandering is essentially when you get elected as a representative of a certain area, you can decide what district you actually represent. You can change the line, the imaginary lines around the population that you represent. So if you don't, if you want to stay in office and your policies don't benefit Whatever Mexican people, for example, or Asian people, you can draw the lines around <laughs> areas that have uh, Asian people in it, and you, then you're just going to keep getting elected by people that you actually well, want to represent. Well, That's, well
1: so, like, so like in states like Virginia, where it's it, they tend to lean red or something like that, right? They'll do it. So, but there, there are large, large uh, pockets, Demo- like pockets like the of pockets Democrats, of yeah. Democrats. They'll literally lump all of the Democrats into one district, so you right. get so they get one representative, and then every other district will go red, even though it can, you can if it's maybe it's a fifty fifty split but it is not the same representation-wise.
2: Right. right. Yes, and that's a huge problem. Absolutely, but that's but let's you know, fucking and have that conversation. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, that's a but I, I think like I want a Constitutional Amendment to end Citizens United and end gerrymandering. Right. That's, well, and let me tell you
2: this. Uh, well, Joey, by the way, did you do... I put an article to you, and I said, Joey, this is your homework. Did you do any research on that yes, article? Yes, I did. All right, why don't we get into it now, because there's an article in The Nation about... And I had this argument. Were you in the car for this? Joey, did you come out of the city with me and my dad that time? We were talking about, oh, no, that was where we were talking about how the debt doesn't matter. But yeah, the debt that. doesn't matter. But we were ta- I, I was talking about um, the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act uh, being non-existent or, or being greatly diminished in this election. You have something on the impacts of that as well? Because this is a factor. I mean, let, let's be honest. Yes. She didn't lose by gigantic. She lost by a few, you know, 10,000 here and there in some of these states. This shit definitely had an impact on that.
0: So what ended up happening was there was 14 states. I don't exactly have all the states. Yeah, that's all right. But had new voter writing laws. So what happened... V- what? What? Voter rights laws. Yeah, voter rights yeah. laws. So you had Wisconsin. This year in Wisconsin was a 20-year law of voting. Consequential state. 13% uh, in Milwaukee by itself there was 13% less people that voted. Okay. And of that- And what
2: percentage of those people were minority voters or people that typically would vote Democrat?
0: 70%. Yeah,
2: that's the election, right? Now we can, and that's the thing, you can even boil it down to that. <laughs> that was an issue. Who talked about that during the primary? Nobody. Bernie. T- well, no, Bernie talked about it a lot, but that wasn't a fucking issue that came up in their debates, right? That's not part of the conversation let it be part of the progressive fucking conversation the the coalition that's going to be built out of the fucking flames of this disaster of an election let that be part of the conversation more people should be allowed to vote it should be easier to vote what the fuck are we doing in america the greatest country in the world the freest nation the democracy of all democracies why are we keeping what what number is it percentage of people that voted less this time 13% yeah that's a that's a crime.
1: Well,
0: that's a crime committed. Well, also, the other interesting thing about this was what it seemed that there was more voter suppression. Now, it was done in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. On election day itself, there were a total of 868 fewer polling places. Right. So that's less places where people can go cast their ballot. Yeah, and longer such lines, states, North Carolina. Right. Texas. Well, yeah. Arizona.
2: Yeah. Yeah. States that could have made a difference. If she wins North Carolina and Arizona, she's the president.
0: Yes. But because less people had a place to go to vote, might have had a huge outcome on-
2: Of course. And we you know, it's all in hindsight now, but use it. It's over. It's over now. We didn't do it. We didn't fix it. It didn't, this is how it went down. But know it. Understand that that's a factor. Don't let people get away from that either when they, go, you know, well, Trump won. Yeah. Well, you know, did you, did you know that in, you know, Wisconsin, 13% fewer people voted and of those 13%, it was 70% minority community or is it black or is it minority? Uh,
0: African-American. Afri-
2: okay. So 70% of the 13% l- d- drop was black people. They probably would have voted for Hillary. <laughs> That's a huge deal because only Trump got eight percent of the black vote. She got eighty-eight percent. Do the math on that. Do you think that's enough to make up the difference in Wisconsin? Yep. Yep.
1: Well, well, you want to know why Bernie and Hillary didn't discuss this in the debates because they both agree they're both in the same. Well, Bernie talked about it. Yeah, but like the reason it didn't come up in the primary is because every Democrat wants more votes. Yeah, because the the popular vote is going Democrat. Right. Like, I think the problem here is I know plenty of young people who are like want uh, fiscal conservatism. Why, why are, are they assholes?
2: I don't want it to be dismissive that way, but it's like if you're, if you're, oh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, get, just, get. I'm just saying,
1: why doesn't the Republican Party start actually going, trying to go after millennials and like they could actually get, like,
3: well, I
2: think they did. I think they did get a percentage, you know.
1: I mean, the millennial vote, like, it was still the baby boomers who fucked us over on this one. It was, yeah, it was the millennials who went more for Hillary. Right. like this is the this is another great fuck you to the millennials by the baby boomers, but
0: yes, absolutely, well, like, oh, I mean that's no nope, th- but, but I disagree because most of the women who were millennials didn't want Hillary Clinton, they yeah but she got sixty three percent of white millennial women
1: like millennials still like millennials oh. went very still go very far to the left, yeah, like their like the women millennial women their problem was oh, we want Bernie instead, we're more progressive than this. Yeah, We want someone who's going to stand up more for women's rights. Right,
2: which I warned against that. I was like, do not write Bernie in. He's not even on the ballot. If you want to vote for Jill Stein or whatever, fuck it, fine. I, but I, I still but don't write that, Bernie in.
1: That was not a significant thing that affected the election. No, like, I don't that, think so. That was, well, again, Jill
2: Stein, right, is not the effect. You know, voter fucking suppression, this stuff is a huge factor that really wasn't covered much by the media. No, right? not at all. And, um... Yeah, I mean, Gary Johnson was really the third-party person.
0: So the other interesting thing that they brought up— We got more
2: stuff here. I, I'm happy that we're having yeah, a conversation. I think we have to. Was
0: it's cathartic. Was the fact that there was 158 fewer polling places yeah. for black communities. So there was right. 40 black communities, and of that, 158 that had the polls closed for the early voting. Yeah. So there was less opportunity for those people to cast their early vote. Yeah. Which would have probably helped Hillary.
2: Yes. Which Democrats and Hillary in particular focused on that early vote because they wanted to get as many people to vote ahead of Election Day to be like voted. Good. Get out of the way. We got to get all these other people to go vote. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's not I'm not doing it to be like sour grapes or whatever, but there is a reality. I mean, this had an impact. And, you know, (laughs) it worked great job by the Republicans doing the shittiest thing you could possibly do, which is disenfranchising people, but it worked right. They, they had the strategy in place. It worked. And Trump stepped right into that void. He didn't have anything to do with that. (laughs) He wasn't in office. Like he didn't, he didn't redistrict shit or or repeal aspects of the voter rights act. He had nothing to do with that, but he saw an opportunity and he fucking, he was in the right place at the right time. And he did
1: the, he he did it, man. I mean, also voter suppression probably had more of an impact when it comes to the house, when it comes to Senate, because I think they, they, well, yeah, which they held onto as well. Like it it is seen that the reason Trump won is because the the unexpected vote got out. I mean, granted, granted, it also, the suppression is in the minority communities and that like, I guess it doesn't affect the communities proportionally, but right. So it's,
2: yeah, man. I mean, look, this there's so many different aspects of this. This is some other stuff that I wanted to get into. Um, Defense industry stocks mm-hmm. surged when Trump got elected. General Dynamics Corp, up almost six percent. Raytheon up seven and a half percent. Lockheed Martin, six and a half percent, Boeing up almost two percent. Private prisons, listen to this shit. Remember CCA, the Corrections Corp of America? We talked about them recently, that mm-hmm. they, you know, are gonna build these like illegal immigration detention centers and they were involved in the death of that uh I can't think of the guy's name. Um, Jesus, what is his name? I can't think of his name, but we talked about no, it. We we died didn't. in the private prison. They changed their name, by the way, to Core Civic. So now, when you see the words Core Civic, all one word, that's CCA. It's just a private prison corporation. Their stock price, their uh, their stocks up thirty four percent.
0: Jesus G- Christ, Geo Corp, the other giant one, Geo Group, eighteen percent. Yeah, why? Well, because you're gonna have the detention centers, and you know Trump's gonna rally everybody to go deport people. That's what he says he's going to do. So they're
2: guessing that that's the case.
0: Because that's a thud. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. Last week also, by the way, this is just something, this is something I had in the notes. I honestly expected Hillary was going to be the president today, so I didn't think any of this shit was really going to come up, but I had this saved for for this week anyway. Last week, Trump released a budget, quote, budget neutral plan to privatize roads and bridges in America. When Donald Trump's up on stage talking about rebuild the infrastructure, we're going to have a great country. It's his company. He's talking about, well, yes, possibly, but he's talking about privatizing the roads and bridges. That's how he's going to do it. First of all, it's not budget neutral. It's going to cost trillions of dollars to do this shit. But then the tax money would pay for for-profit roads and bridges. Forget tolls. We're talking about paying companies to build roads that otherwise would be the job of the government. What I don't understand
1: here is basically, basically saying he's going to hire an extra middleman. because We, yeah, still, yes. we, we, we still have to hire contractors. Yes, thank like, you gov- saying that. Yes. The government is still hiring contractors to build like, roads right. It's not like there's... You're paying object. twice.
2: You're paying, you're paying, um, you know, th- this extra g- group. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: a, it's a, we're gonna, like we're going to like.
0: Because there's government contracts already. Yeah, contract the, the, the question then but. comes down to who are you charging twice? Are you charging the corporations twice? and no, we you're charging, in the income? No. What are you going to do for the low people who don't have the it, income to begin you're with? You're charging
1: us. It makes the government have to pay twice. Yes. Or pay, yes. pay, pay a premium. Yes. You're paying so, a premium. So, it's like healthcare. It, He's turning the roads into healthcare.
2: You don't need that fucking healthcare that insurance company in between. You could actually get rid of them and stop paying these exorbitant prices to these health insurance and
1: companies. When it comes to infrastructure, it is in our best interest as a country to have a strong infrastructure. If we have better roads, we transport things better, we get around better. Yeah. Of if course. we have better power it infrastructure, better. it's better for the economy. Right. It is in the government's best interest to maintain the infrastructure and you create jobs by investing trillions of dollars in the infrastructure. Right. Absolutely. Source of so many construction jobs.
2: Well, hey, put it this way look at this. So now you have private companies. Theoretically, building roads or whatever, whatever the infrastructure programs are. They're going to hire workers, so that might create jobs. Here's the bad news. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be unionized workers. These are new people coming in. They're not going to be getting paid the same amount as a unionized construction worker, theoretically. And we're going to be paying for their benefits because they're going to have to get welfare or health care or whatever. Do you you understand? To the state. Yes, you're just transferring the burden... Onto the states, essentially, taxpayers, and then you're creating another class that's going to be making money off the backs of this when they're not even necessary to
1: begin with. Well, well and so basically what this what this means is, okay, so you're saying it's budget neutral. Yeah. You're going to take that money- Well, that that's would, impossible. I mean, well, it's okay, truly okay, impossible. No, but, yeah. no, no, this is how they do it, budget neutral. Uh-huh. They take that money that would be going to the union, to, to build the union, to, right. to pay those benefits, to, that would go to the workers. All that gets stripped out- they get paid minimum wage and it goes to the company. It yes, goes it goes to the owner class. This, right. is, ha- this is back to trickle-down economics and it oh, yeah. doesn't work. Look at Kansas. Sam Brownback people. Right.
2: Well, it'll work for a little while and no, that's the problem.
1: No, look at Kansas. It hasn't
2: worked at all. No, but I'm saying, but you can, you can show, hey, we increased, we increased uh, efficiency. We got more, you know, we hired workers. You can, you can be able to spin it a little bit, but you're absolutely right. In the long term and really in the short term in a lot of places, no, it doesn't work. It's been proven not to work. Uh, potential Trump cabinet members. Mm-hmm. Well, right, and see, and this is the shit. We're not being hyperbolic about this. This is real.
1: Like
2: <laughs> we, this is plenty that you could say why this is gonna not go well. Uh, in addition to the shit we don't know, what if, what if a massive terror attack that we're always being warned about is, this, which by the way didn't happen under Ob- under Obama. Okay, happens under Trump in his first three months in office. What happens? Right, we shift he d- to the right. He doesn't know what to do. Congress, like they did after 9-11 with one person voting against, is going to rally around the president and we got to be unified. And you've just given total power to the least qualified person we've ever had elected to office. And I don't want that to be the case. I hope we're wrong. I don't want an attack to happen. But I'm saying that's possible. Something really devastating could possibly happen. And then what then you've given complete power to somebody that you completely have no idea what he's going to do with that power you and,
1: don't know and, and that's where you have to be able to trust that whoever's the president is going to listen to their advisors and right. and that and we've had this man who has been notoriously un, unwilling to listen to his handlers and unli- like and there, I mentioned this to you earlier it's like this idea that when you're looking for a job you want to w- look for the job the same with the same effort you would and the same way you would work in the job to prove to employers well he has he's done that in their campaign, and he hasn't listened. Right, like that's what concerns me. And no, yes, that's a
2: valid, he, it's a valid concern. I mean, he, I said before I think he's probably more likely in this role. You have to hope that the gravity and the weight of the office makes him go, oh fuck, I do
1: have to listen. But who but, knows? but the doom and gloom c- scenario that like if that if the terrorist attack were to happen, if he gives an order to launch a nuke, there is nobody who can stop him without a coup d'état.
2: Yes, and then you're yes, exactly. Then you're facing a situation where <laughs> now the the military has to go. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Then the, the, literally, you're 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 taking the sitting press. Right, you're, you're, but the military you're, would
1: do that. We, the
2: there's is, a, I don't know. There's a domino effect. There's a lot of legitimate I, problems that people aren't paying attention to. All right.
0: No more glo- doom and gloom. Syria's
2: a real fucking thing, by the way. <laughs> That's
0: a real problem. Oh, tell me I, the cabinet I, people, please. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna get into it. Sorry,
2: Joey. I, I, the the big po- and again, I. Really hope this isn't the case, right? I hope none of this happens. I hope it's an uneventful four years. I hope he is better at it than possible than, than we think. And he gets out of office in 2020, you know, like, okay. India and Pakistan share a water source, right? Mm-hmm. They do. They hate each other. They both have nuclear weapons. That could be, and that's always the example I give, but that's a real example we know that climate change is going to continue, and it's probably going to continue unabated based on what we've seen from from this administration and the people that are going to be in it. Um, water is going to become a gold. That's going to become gold. That's going to become a, a scarce resource that people are fighting over. What happens when India and Pakistan go to nuclear war with each other?
0: A lot less water. <laughs> well...
2: Uh, y- a lot less planet, right? Uh-huh. Trump is then the guy, the most powerful person in the world. He has to fix fix that.
0: There's a
1: lot. There's a lot fewer people trying to drink the water, though. Just saying. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see
2: what you're saying. The Kool Aid, maybe. Uh, potential Trump cabinet members. Oh, hold on. I, I gotta open up a link in here that I. Uh... I also had this. Uh, somebody also sent me on Twitter. I really appreciate it. Like Trump's first hundred days in office. I'll bookmark that. We've gone at length into this. I, you know, we have plenty of time to talk about it. We're going to, we'll, we'll get into it. It's like potential policy positions, but we can get into that a little bit later. These are some of the cabinet people. Um, Secretary of State. These are some of the people he's reportedly considering. And again, Chris Christie is overseeing this whole transition team. Newt Gingrich. Bob Corker, who's a very conservative governor. Governor or senator? Corker. Look up Bob Corker. Uh, And John Bolton, who is the mustachioed neocon lunatic from the Bush administration. I believe also from the Reagan administration, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, he's been around for a very long time. He was instrumental in the war in Iraq, that type of policy, all that stuff.
1: Uh, Bob Corker is the junior senator from Tennessee. From Tennessee. Okay.
2: Uh, treasures, and again, look this stuff up, guys. We're gonna get into it more, but you know, we're almost an hour and 40 minutes in. We, you know, we'll, we'll put this information out. Steve Nunshin, who is uh, the campaign finance chair, he's a Goldman Sachs guy. Mm-hmm. That's who Trump's looking at for Secretary of the Treasury. We mentioned already the EPA, Myron uh, Ebel, who is this climate denier and, and you know, non global warming alarmist, this type of guy. Uh, Michael Catanzaro, um, who are These are people that are part of the Trump transition team as lobbyists. Michael Catanzaro, who's lobbied for Coke Industries, not the greatest. Disney also. Uh, Eric Uland, who's a Goldman lobbyist. Uh, Ed Engel and Steve Hart, who are big TPP promoters. Remember, Trump ran against the TPP. We'll see. We'll see about that.
0: So he run, he ran against the TTP, but somebody who he's going to choose wasn't is a lobbyist for that.
2: Yes. Well somebody's part of the team that's going to put people in place in his administration and has has lobbied on uh, on behalf of the TPP. Attorney General, these are the names floating around. Giuliani. <laughs> uh Chris Christie. Okay. Pam Bondi, who's the Florida Attorney General, um and who by the way if you want to look into that, That was a whole controversy that really wasn't covered in the media about, and we didn't really cover it in fairness, but it it wasn't going to go anywhere. He donated money. Well, whatever, just get into the whole thing. But there was like a whole like bribery kind of scandal between him and Pam Bondi. And he used some of the money from, uh, you know, his charity and from the campaign to to buy the picture to pay it. No, it's a whole other thing. But anyway, Pam Bondi is another person being mentioned as attorney general, uh, interior secretary, um, it doesn't have the guy's name. It just says Lucas. But anyway, he's a 74 year old co-founder of Lucas oil (laughs) could be the interior secretary. So figure out where that policy is going to go. Uh, other possible candidates, uh, former Arizona governor, Jan Brewer, who's a lunatic. I mean, a straight up lunatic, uh, Mary Fallon, uh, Harold hand. There's a lot of like wild names out there. These are the people that people that voted for Trump are now have to take responsibility for, um, Agriculture secretary, I'm trying to say. I'm just looking through a list here. Oh, Kansas governor, Sam Brownback. There you go. Rick Perry. Remember Rick Perry, Mm -hmm. the genius that knows nothing? Also, it's also kind of amazing that the party of smaller government and and we're getting rid of these positions. Is going to assume that position? Yeah, a lot of them are really lining up to take take charge of these things. Uh, Commerce secretary. Billionaire investor Wilbur Ross, who is a Trump economic advisor, Uh, Dan D'Amico is a former CEO of Steelmaker Nucor Corp. Um, Other names mentioned, Governor Perry, Mike Huckabee, Chris Christie's been mentioned for that position, Labor Secretary, um, Victoria Lipnick, who's the commissioner of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. I'm not familiar with that. Um, Okay. There's a lot more. Health and Human Services, Rick Scott, who's the governor of Florida, Gingrich, Ben Carson, who... Clearly doesn't know much about anything except uh, separating conjoined twins. Otherwise, he doesn't. I don't trust Ben Carson at all. Uh, Energy secretary um, doesn't really say here. Venture capitalist Robert Grady is also seen as a top candidate. So anyway, so but okay, there's a lot more here, but this is a fucking laundry list of people that you wouldn't trust uh, to do any of this shit, and they are the ones that are being considered.
0: I don't know if you wouldn't trust Homeland
2: Security. Trump's uh, David Clark, who's the conservative sheriff of Milwaukee County. You've seen him on Fox News repeatedly. Uh, He says blue lives matter. He's one of these guys. He's being considered as the HHS secretary. Uh, Chris Christie's also a potential there.
0: Well, it seems to me that Trump ran on the conservative side of things, and he's choosing conservative people to run these jobs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He ran as a... Very conservative uh, Republican. Yeah. Certain things are outliers. I think his position on uh, gay rights and things like that, I think he's probably more accepting personally. But yeah, his vice president is like a religious extremist who is extremely uh, against and you know, gay rights. So that that's that signals the wrong thing. Jeff Sessions is being invo- involved in this thing. He's a senator from Alabama, very very conservative guy. It's like these are the people that are that are coming up. You didn't just elect Trump. You elected the entire goon squad with him. People didn't. But when was this mentioned during the campaign? Do people not know that this happens? <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, I'm sort of curious to see, like, as a man who's been known not to listen to people and has been like known to be a liar and has said in the past, like. Yeah, he could lie his way to the White House. Yeah. Is he, like, we don't know what he, we have no idea what is actually going to come from like he, no. he could just go off the rails and do something nobody expects right now.
2: Yeah, and that's great. That's he could go left. He could go He could go no, farther I don't think, left. He I, could, I don't think there's right. any, he could yeah, do anything. I don't think there's any reason to think he's going to go farther left. I think the only no, no. thing is he probably has been a Democrat his whole life. People said that. You know what I mean? He's, he, we had the clip of him last week talking about how great Hillary was and Bill and all the shit. He'll say what he has to say in whatever room he's in, and we know that to be the case. The
0: problem is how do we get the room we need him to be Exactly,
2: in? and that's the problem. He's going to fill the rooms with all these people that we definitely don't want running the country. Here's some other ballot initiatives, and then we can kind of wrap up. Maybe uh-huh. on more of like a a hopeful note, I guess. So these are some of the ballot initiatives: California, Massachusetts, Nevada, and I believe Maine now legalized marijuana, which is excellent. That's great news. Uh, Florida, North Dakota, and Arkansas passed medical marijuana uh, laws. The death penalty repeal failed in California, unfortunately. Oklahoma reaffirmed its commitment to the death penalty because, you know, that, that's what we do in Oklahoma.
1: Because you need to uh, re- re- uh, re-say your vows every once in a while. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I
2: still love you, baby. Yeah, we might have had our problems, uh, you know, letting people suffer to death, but we can make it work. Nebraska brought it back, the death penalty.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: California's Proposition 61, which is a Bernie-backed initiative to tie prescription drug prices to the VA's purchase price. Essentially the VA gets prescription drugs for like 24% of retail price. That proposition failed in California. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Well, there's a hundred. Yes, I'm not shitting you, but there was a $109 million big pharma effort against that proposition. So there's a lot of advertising, a lot of, you know, but yes, it failed still. Um, The president elects racketeering trial is related to Trump University, it begins November 28th. Trump will likely testify himself. So for all the people that are like, I don't know, Hillary's just too too corrupt. Well, the guy that's going to be president definitely goes on trial for f- racketeering in, in the end of November.
0: <laughs> so for fraud. If one is found guilty of racketeering, that's prison time. I don't know, man. Right? Uh, I, I,
1: maybe, maybe you, not. I don't you, know. Can you pardon yourself? <laughs>
0: Maybe he's gonna hope that the the sentence doesn't
2: come till January.
1: I mean, Nixon couldn't; he needed a, he needed his vice president to pardon him. Yeah.
2: Um, so anyway, so that's just another like little thing out there, like people that are so worried about Hillary being corrupt and you know she should go to jail. Well, Trump is actually on trial right now for that. <laughs> um, listen, let me say this because we're at the end, of, and you know you guys can have your final thoughts here. This is what I want you to do, though. Like this is a dire situation, I believe. Okay, I'm not. Hopeful about how this is going to go. I think I have an idea of how it's going to go. But again, don't be hyperbolic about it. Um, I don't think saying that World War III could actually start under this guy's presidency is hyperbolic. You know what I mean? Like, Vet that with facts, but if you look at some of the policies he's put out there, you could see how the dominoes would fall to lead us to a, a giant problem. That in mind, zoom out where we're looking from ground level here in the United States, two days after this guy was elected or whatever, three days. If you listen to the podcast now, look at a picture of earth from space, go follow NASA, follow, uh, S- Scott Kelly or chip, whatever the two, the Kelly brothers that, mm-hmm. that are the astronauts. look at their photos from space. When you look at the globe from the, when you zoom out and look at that, and when you look at humanity, on earth everything looks fine (laughs) everything looks peaceful and cosmically everything is fine okay we have a blink of an eye in cosmic terms four years and we have less than four years really to the you know the nominating process begins you start running the campaign again so we're two and a half years away from the next opportunity to correct this wrong if you feel this is wrong all right everything's okay we're going we're gonna to see what happens. we got to hope that the, the checks and balances that are supposedly in place hold. Uh, we hope in the midterm election that Democrats can retake some seats and, and take back some control here. Um, and that's what it's going to be. But just understand that if you feel bad about this, do the work. Don't be hyperbolic. Stay attentive. Don't be dismissive of things. Really do the research, have your case laid out for you, and we're just going to see what happens. But it is not our responsibility now; it is the responsibility of people that have voted for Trump. And if look, I mean, I know we have conservative people probably listen to the podcast if you voted for Trump. It's your responsibility. You you better pay as much attention to what Trump does um, as you would have to when Hillary uh, was in office. Cause that's, that's your mandate as well. If you vote for somebody or you vote against them, you have the same responsibility. You still have to keep them honest and, and pay attention to what they're doing. Um, that's it. I mean, I, you know, I, I think we've laid out a lot here in two hours. We've had this conversation. This conversation is just beginning. This is day one. Um, he's not even the president yet. So stay, uh, stay optimistic that things are going to be okay. We, we have kind of a roadmap of why things wouldn't be okay. And be ready to explain to somebody that might not know why things aren't okay, why they are not okay, in the most r- critically thought out, rational way possible. Feel what you're going to feel, but when you're going to have to explain why things aren't going well, be able to really explain it and have your have your information, uh, you know, be well researched and, and have that information. Because that's the only way you're really going to change somebody's mind. You're not going to change somebody, I don't think, with... You're dumb. <laughs> mm. You you made a, you know, okay, fine. But there's lots of reasons why you can explain to them why this wasn't the right move. Have that information on the ready. And that's uh, pretty much what I have to say about it. Joey, you got any final thoughts on this?
0: Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to keep an eye on what he does and I'm going to judge him from this point on. I'm not going to look at the past and I'm going to hope that considering... Previously, he was a pretty solid Democrat that he is going to lean on some of those virtues.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. That's fine. I I wouldn't. I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, but
0: okay, maybe we'll see. Maybe. And as well, maybe some of the new conservative views might do well for this country.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then we're just going to judge it accurately. Hope, but verify. It's going to be our new, uh, not trust and verify. We're going to hope and verify, uh, that, that, you know, what they're doing is actually what they're doing. Matt, you got any final thoughts on this?
1: I'm just going to be dealing with my hypocritical feelings towards this, the filibuster.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother situation.
1: Like, uh, I, I start wondering that up. It's like, uh, it has a longer discussion than,
2: yeah. I mean, hopefully the Republicans get frustrated enough that they, even though they control all, all three houses, uh, you know, all three, uh, Whatever they hold the presidency in the two two uh, houses of Congress, um. Maybe they get you know because look the Democrats are going to be there. Bernie's already come out and been like, look, I'm going to help Trump the way I'll help Donald Trump with the way I can, but we will oppose his racist views. That's what Bernie said today. I,
1: I'm just saying I feel I feel guilty for wanting. Like, I want to uh, to protect Obama's legacy with the filibuster, as I've been railing against the Republican use of the filibuster. Yeah, I mean, Obama well, I was going to say,
2: though, I mean, there's going to be an opposition to them. I think hopefully the Republicans get fed up enough that they do away with the filibuster. Fine. Let it be on their head. We have to do away with it. 51% is a majority, and that's what the reality should be. 60 is not right. It's just not right. And whether that means the, the Republicans can pass shit or whatever—
1: but historically this has been why you don't abolish it because yeah when, when it, like you you can't abuse it yourself and then say we're going to do away with it then when the next guy's getting to office well that's, that's the beauty the- that's
2: the beauty of the system and that is the genius of it again like the peaceful transition of power you might as well end with this nope obama goddamn does not want donald trump to be the president mm-hmm. of the united states but guess what as the president of the united states he has to assure the peaceful transition to the next one period and that's why the system is brilliant. You know, it's like, it's so interlocked and, uh, there's checks on all this stuff. And then, you know, we're going to see how that system works going forward. We can try to fix that system, make it better as we go along. But let me tell you something, the reality of the situation is Donald Trump is the president elected of the United States. And we, we have to move forward with that as the reality, not, uh, you know, stamp our feet and we got we to gotta start walking with our feet, not stamping them. That, that's how we have to handle it. So we're going to keep doing that on this podcast. We love you guys. We really appreciate you listening. I hope this uh, helped you a little bit. I mean, feel free to reach out. Uh, MandatorySampson at gmail.com. You can go to SoundCloud.com slash MandatorySampson. You can leave a comment on the episode. We can have a conversation on there. You can also follow us on uh, all social media. I'm at Mansamp. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. And... That's it. We're gonna be back with a new episode, and you gotta get a Twitter, Matt.
1: I mean, Jesus. I, I got one the other day. I just haven't tweeted anything. What's your Twitter? Uh, Matt D Weiss.
2: All right, at Matt D Weiss. There you go on Twitter. Follow Matt. Be his first follower.
1: No followers yet. All right. I, I, well, haven't haven't even made a post yet. Just do it. Follow the kid.
2: <laughs> Let's get him some followers so he, he feels like he's uh, contributing to the conversation. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. I promise. Actually, I can't promise that everything's going to be all right. I hope things are going to be all right. We don't know, but we're going to keep our eye on it. We love you. I thought, I
1: thought you were going to say you can't promise you love them.
2: No, I love them. You stepped on my ending, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love you guys.
4: <laughs> this has been a Stand Up Labs production, powered by Digital Media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.
3: Yeah.